Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Docs Sportscast today. Aurora and I are here and excited to talk about today's episode. For those of you who don't know, uh, Aurora is the uh, 9-pound, 3-year-old dachshund on the cover art of this podcast. Uh, She's the inspiration and the brains of this outfit. Uh, So, yeah, with that being said, um, we are going to recap uh, Monday Night Football. Dun, 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 right? Um, and we're going to preview Thursday Night Football. But in between there, we're actually going to talk about Ben Simmons. Um, ben Simmons, for those of you who don't know, is a Philadelphia Sixers uh, NBA basketball player. Uh, we've talked about him previously on the podcast before. Talked about him quite a bit during the playoffs. And uh, we'll talk about some issues that are coming along with him. Uh, maybe sprinkle in some other news here a little bit in the middle, depending on time. But, yeah, that being said, let's jump into... An exciting Monday Night Football that Aurora really enjoyed. Uh, she has a little TV. When we when we go to bed at night, she uh, goes into the covers, and uh, you know we we think that she's going to sleep. And then every now and then on the TV, I see a play happening. Right. Well, Aurora does not does not like for us to know she's staying up past her bedtime. So uh, apparently, she has one of these really 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 tiny little TV monitors that she takes under the blankets with her, and whenever a big play happens. All of a sudden, like you hear her cheering under the blankets, crazy. So um, that happened back and forth, left and right in this game, especially during the first half when it was exciting. Um, so it was the Green Bay Packers up against the Detroit Lions. The Detroit Lions showed out really well uh, in their first week. They they showed uh, themselves to be more competent, better than what a lot of people expected from them. Um, while the Green Bay Packers came out and was atrocious in week one. I mean, just played awful. So um, this was a much better matchup than uh, what many people had expected. Um, I, I expected the Packers kind of to, to take the you know a big lead in the beginning of the game. It took them a while. It took them a while to get to there. But the Lions came out of the gate hot with a touchdown to Quintus Cephas. Um, yeah, and they just after that point they cooled off more and more as the game goes on. Ultimately, they just ran out of steam, guys. Um, this is a this is a good team. Uh, they have a good a good offensive line built. They have some decent wide receiver play out there. I think they're still lacking on some mismatches that they could use. Uh, you know, maybe that number one wide receiver guy. Um, we'll see as Amon Ross St. Brown. We'll see what happens with him as he continues to progress. You know, because he, he's a rookie. We don't know what could end up happening from him. But they have good running back play uh, from two premium running backs right now. And, you know, if they just had that one-star wide receiver, I think this could be a really, really good offense um, as long as Jaron Goff can be consistent. And I think that's the thing with him, and we saw it in this game. He has a tendency to throw some picks every now and then. He has a tendency to fumble the ball uh, at times. And so these are things that if he can be consistent and not lose them games, he can make the throws. He can do well. But you kind of have to contain the game for him for him to do well in those um, scenarios right so anyway from the Detroit side of things you know it's good to see them compete I I think as a as a Lions fan you're you're happy with this game they did compete they pushed things out there for two whole quarters went into the half with a three-point lead Uh, unfortunately they didn't score any points in the second half you know Jared Goff went 26 for 36 uh, 246 yards 
it's not a horrible average. I mean, 6.8 yards downfield, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. He was sacked only one time for 10 yards. That's pretty dang good. You know, his QBR is fairly low, mainly because of that interception that he got. Um, you know, he didn't try and make game-winning plays. He didn't try and go downfield all the time. He, he made the right plays. Uh, it's a pretty good completion percentage from him. Quarterback rating of a 97. Not bad, right? Rushing-wise, he ran the ball four times, gained 46 yards on the ground. That's 11.5 yards per carry. That's really good for him, too. He looked really comfortable in this offense, and and so maybe there were some offensive line issues and things. Maybe he just couldn't figure out the system. Who knows? We've seen that happen more and more frequently where a guy leaves a place after being there a while, and it just wasn't a good fit for him. We see that with Ryan Tannehill right now in Tennessee. He's looked great over the last couple seasons, and he looked horrible in Miami. DeAndre Swift ran the ball, eight carries for 37 yards. Did not look all that great. Jamal Williams ran the ball, seven carries for 25 yards. Looked even worse. So from a defensive standpoint, the Green Bay Packers definitely dug their heels in on the defensive line. They definitely stopped this running game uh, and and put a heavy effort to it because, the, I mean, if it wasn't for Jared Goff, these guys wouldn't have touched 100 yards rushing on the day. They hit 108, and they had to get 46 yards from their quarterback to get to there, okay? That's, that's just insane. Uh, so great job by the Green Bay Packers on the defensive end when it comes to the running game. They did a really good job in this game holding that um, pe- holding that piece uh, at bay for the Lions. From receiving side of it, you know, TJ Hawkinson, he's the guy. He's going to be the guy the whole year. He had nine targets, eight catches, 66 yards, 8.3 average depth per target, one touchdown. I mean, he did everything you wanted him to do, right? He's done it back-to-back weeks. This is a guy that can be a premium tight end in the league if he gets enough looks, and he is locked in with Jared Goff. Jared Goff has tunnel vision for him. So this is a guy continue to look for this to be a pattern throughout the rest of the season that he's going to get tons of looks um, as a premium tight end option. Quintus Cephas, he had that one touchdown, the only other receiver to get a touchdown in this game, the only other Lion in, to get a touchdown in this game. Uh, four catches on 63 yards on the day. Not bad. He was kind of the deeper threat for the team. Uh, he got you know some really good mismatches out there up against the defense and did pretty well. DeAndre Swift did his thing from a receiving standpoint. Four catches on 43 yards. That's really good uh, for him Only on five targets. I mean, he could have been targeted a little bit more and got some more receptions out there. I mean, he did what he could do. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Five targets, three catches for 18 yards. Yeah, we'd like to see him get a little bit more involved, uh, see kind of what he can do. Like, let's see what you have in him. Uh, but the rest of these guys, uh, there wasn't really all that much going on. Jamal Williams got a little less than we expected. He only got targeted three times. Uh, that was something we expected to not see. We expected him to get targeted a little bit more than that. But as we mentioned, Jared Goff did fumble the ball twice. He lost one of those uh, and recovered one of those. So, again, that's the big thing with Jared Goff. He will lose you games, and he can play consistent. But more times than not, he will lose you games as opposed to winning you games. So he's kind of a poor man's version of like an Alex Smith, right? He's just not fully that game manager that's consistent and not going to make mistakes yet. And that's just the guy that we've seen from him. Maybe they can change that around. Who knows? I think they can. I think he's showed well so far, and he's, he's definitely learning and getting better than what we've seen from him before. So look for him to continue to get better. I think he's going to continue getting better. And ultimately... You know, have a, have a really good season here with the Detroit Lions. I, I really don't put that past him. You know, they might end up getting, you know, five, six wins on the season. Who knows? They, they have a good enough offense for that. However, defensively, man, they just don't have it. They just don't have it. Uh, they didn't have it in week one, and they didn't have it here in week two either. Um, that defense is not stopping anyone really. Uh, you know, there's different various penalties, things like that that's going on. 
um, with the defense. It, it's just it's not good overall. The Green Bay Packers, though, Aaron Rodgers and company got it together, guys. After that horrible week one, they came out and showed very, very poor football. They came out, played very well. Aaron Rodgers went 22 for 27, didn't throw the ball all that much, but it was very, very um, efficient in how he played. You know, And this is what we typically see from Aaron Rodgers, 22 for 27, 255 yards. Typically, we'll see him get over 300, so I expect him to probably do that next week. Um Average four point or nine point four yards per carry or per pass, uh, four touchdowns, no interceptions, three sacks for twenty eight yards. He kind of got himself caught a few times there with some, with some bad sacks. But overall, quarterback rating of one hundred forty five point six. That's very good. Um, yeah, that that's very good for those of you who don't know. Anything over one hundred is great. Um, rushing wise, you know, Aaron Jones seventeen carries for sixty seven yards. We expected AJ Dillon to get a little more carries than what he did, but Aaron Jones did have uh, the rushing touchdown. He had three more passing touchdowns, six catches, 48 yards, three passing touchdowns. That's four touchdowns on the day for Aaron Jones. Played an amazing, amazing game in Lambeau. Then uh, you had, you know, A.J. Dillon, as we mentioned. We thought he would get a little more run than he did, but he got five carries, 18 yards on that. It's only .3 yards less than Aaron Jones' average carry. Um, I, I do expect A.J. Dillon to get a little more run as the season goes on and possibly have this be a timeshare. We'll see. If Aaron Jones keeps getting those touchdowns, though, from a receiving standpoint, it's just too valuable to have him out there on the field, and he'll never gain on him um, in that standpoint. Now, Aaron Rodgers, you know, he'll typically run the ball a few times. He ran the ball four times. Um, only got six yards on that. So that was something that you know we we didn't expect him to run the ball four times only to get six yards. He typically will get a decent amount of yardage out there on his runs, but he didn't have to in this game. You know, he just was able to just hand it off and, and be comfortable with that. So um, from a receiving standpoint, Devontae Adams eight catches. This is the guy for Aaron Rodgers. Eight catches, nine targets, 121 yards on the day. No touchdowns. That's fine. Don't worry about it. You got over 120 yards. That we'll take that all day, every day, right? Robert Tanyan, three targets, three catches, 52 yards, one touchdown on the day. Aaron Jones, as we mentioned, six catches, 48 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Um, next was uh, actually Randall Cobb with three catches, 26 yards, and you know that's a really good showing from him. Uh, I mean, I. I think this is a guy that is on his way out of the league more so than like you know reaching his prime at this point in his career. So uh, it, it's good to see that he's still getting some work out there. He was really kind of that safety valve a little bit for Aaron Rodgers a few times, and that's why we saw such you know high efficiency when the ball was thrown to him. Um, one one thing to mention with this team is their defense did not look all that great from a passing standpoint this uh backfield in the um you know these defensive backs for green bay have definitely got some work ahead of them and to give up the passing show that they did to jared goff and them that's fine they, they have a good defense don't get me wrong this is not putting down the detroit Lions. this is saying like legitimately they blew coverages they blew coverages they had miscommunications and detroit took advantage of it and rightfully so good by, good job by them but this defense for the packers these defensive backs, these corners have got to get the coverage figured out, or they're gonna they're gonna continue to get they're gonna continue to not support the offense enough to get the the or 
sorry, Green Bay is going to have to figure that out. Their their defensive backs are going to have to figure that out because if they do not, uh, at some point, it's going to be frustrating that this defense isn't going to uphold the offense, um, which in this game that did not happen. But I could see against some big opponents that can put up some big points on the board, you know, a Kansas City or something like that, that will really, really burn you, okay? So, yeah, that was it for the Thursday night game, 35-17. to The Green Bay Packers won that game. Um, yeah, I think it was kind of what we all expected. I think we expected the Packers to come out and kind of take that take that lead um, and, and win that game because, yeah, they were pissed off from week one playing so atrocious. Now, moving on, we'll actually talk about some NBA, um, you know, here in the middle of NFL season. I know it's crazy we're talking about the NBA, but some pretty big news. Um, finally, it has come out. All the dirty laundry is being aired now from the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, we're going to be talking about Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is the uh, point guard that they drafted a few years back. Uh, he's the guy they signed to a big, big contract extension uh, a few years ago. I thought it was a little premature to give him all that money uh, when he hadn't shown all that much to me, but they they ended up doing that. And uh, in the playoffs, it was shown so horribly how he cannot shoot the ball, he cannot make free throws, he is a liability to have on the court in a close game. And this is a point guard that we're talking about. We're not talking about a center. We're not talking about Shaquille O'Neal type player. We're talking about a point guard here. So if you recall, we remember, we all should be remembering the atrocity that was his play in the playoffs. I mean, this is a man that even was too scared to just try and dunk the ball when he was wide open under the rim, okay? Wide open under the rim, and he was too scared to try and dunk the ball. I don't know why. Maybe he thought he was going to get fouled by a fly that was coming by. I don't know, but there was no one near him, and he was too scared. He was too afraid when the ball touched his hands. There's something wrong with him from a um, self-esteem standpoint, from a confidence standpoint. It's got to get figured out because that was horrible to see. This is a guy who's getting paid top dollar like a lot of guys in the league, and you come out and play like that, that's not good. The team buckled down after a little bit after the playoffs. They had shopped a little bit. They had heard some different things from people. Uh, they buckled down after that, said they're going to keep him. Okay, That happened for a while, but now the hammer has been slammed. Ben Simmons has said he is not going to wear a uniform uh, in the NBA anymore until he is traded. He is not going to play for a team until he is traded from the Sixers. Okay, He's demanded that. He has said that, and we will not play until he is moved. Problem is, the Sixers tried that right after the playoffs. No one wanted him for anything decent, okay? And rightfully so. This is a $33 million a year salary player who has, what, 70% of what you want from an NBA all-star at a point guard position? I mean, for God's sakes, the guy has no jumper, he has no free throws, and he has horrible confidence issues, okay? The Sixers paid him way too soon. And they will not be winning in any way in this situation. There is no scenario where the Sixers will end up winning winning out in this. Think of it. It goes either two ways. Either a team finally comes to the table with decent, decent trade assets for Ben Simmons, which is still going to be a lot less than the $33 million that they expected to pay him. Whatever they're going to be getting in return is not going to be worth what they expected to get out of Ben Simmons, and it's not going to be worth the potential of Ben Simmons. He has all the potential in the world. Don't get me wrong. This guy has all the potential in the world. 
but he hasn't done it. No one's worked with him, okay? Everybody said, let's trust the process, trust the process. You didn't do the whole process. The process, there, there is something called a process, okay? And that means you do it from start to finish. Their process was completely, solely on paper, and that was it. They didn't want to put in any hard work. It's, okay, let's tank and tank and tank and tank and tank. Let's get a bunch of good draft picks, and let's hope two or three of them become superstars, okay? So you end up having, you know, three top picks. You know, you have Markel Fultz. You had Ben Simmons. You you had Michael Carter-Williams at one point you got rid of. You had Drew Holiday at one point you got rid of. You had Joel Embiid that you still kept on the team. But you had all these good, high, top draft picks, top talented guys. And the thing is that... That was a start of the process. That was to get the talent in there. But guess what you've done? You've sat on your rear ends and done nothing with the talent. I don't care how good a guy is when he comes into the league. I don't care if he's LeBron James. Go ask LeBron James. People worked with him, okay? People helped him understand the game. There's a reason that he has won NBA championships, things like that, when he couldn't do it in Cleveland. He couldn't do it in Cleveland on his own. He learned things. From Pat Riley, from Dwayne Wade, from from teammates and veterans and things throughout the league. He has learned things and adapted to things. And if he had stayed the same player that he was when he was a rookie when he came in the league, he never would have won these NBA championships that he has. He would never be considered the greatest of all time that people want to consider him. Ben Simmons will never become a superstar player if you don't work with him. And the Sixers are not set up that way. The Sixers are not set up that way. They haven't been set up that way. This isn't a team that, you know, has has someone like a Larry Brown, has someone like a Greg Popovich. You know, this this is not an organization, even, even Eric Spolstra down in Miami, this is not an organization that has people that are there to grow and develop young men into well-rounded superstar NBA athletes. This is not a team to do that. This is not a coaching staff to do that. They haven't done that, clearly, okay, because he still doesn't have a jumper. He still doesn't have free throws. He's not confident when he walks on the freaking court in the fourth quarter because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line because he's scared. That's not good. That is not good. You have all year to work with this young man. You've had years to work with this young man, and you haven't fixed any of it. It's not okay, guys. It's not okay. This organization is one of the worst places for him to be. And so rightfully so, he is demanding a trade. I have no issues with him demanding a trade. I'm typically against trades. I like guys to stay in the places that drafted them. I like guys to give that city and that, um, you know, that fan base that put faith in him, you know, give them the opportunity. Give them everything you have. And if they're not doing anything back in return, if they're not doing right by you by building enough team or wanting to invest now to help you win, fine. By all means, they should trade you. The Sixers should trade Ben Simmons. The problem is they should have traded Ben Simmons last year. They should have traded him in the middle of the season. They waited and waited and waited for him to have a horrible showing and for everything that they knew they wanted to trade him for to show up in lights. And now everybody got to see that and everybody's like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with those issues. You have shot yourself in the foot, Philadelphia. Shot yourself in the foot, and this is a horrible situation for you. Now, is there situations out there, is there opportunities out there where you will be able to have a great team next year? Yes, because you're not even one player, like, you're not even one player away, 
okay? It's not like, oh, you know, Ben Simmons was your one flaw. No, that's that's not the case. Ben Simmons, yes, he, he was a flaw. He was a big flaw. But it's not going to take much to bring him in and replace him in the ways that you need, okay? It's not going to take much to move a Ben Simmons and to get a guy that is competent in the ways that you need so that Joel Embiid can dominate, so that Tobias Harris can do his thing, so that these these guys that are that you've built on the team that is a really, really good team can thrive, okay? Ben Simmons hurt you. Yes, he did, but all the ways he hurt you are things that you can easily find out there in the league. It's easy to find shooters. It's easy to find people who can make free throws. It's easy to find solid and consistent point guards, okay? Alex Caruso is a guy that that you could pick up and be instantly a, a better team because he's your starting point guard. So there are point guards out there that you could go get. There are people you could move around and look for. Now, one interesting thing that I think that should be put on the table is I think they need to be talking to Washington, okay? I think they need to be talking to Washington. Washington just ended up having to move on with the whole Russell Westbrook thing. Bradley Beal, I'll tell you right now, he don't want to be there. He don't want to be there because that team ain't going nowhere. So if I was him, I'd make a push for Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal can put up buckets. Bradley Beal is not an idiot. He can make good plays. He's solid with the ball. He's not going to turn the ball over all the time. That's a guy I would be looking at because Washington needs to go ahead and start rebuilding again. I think they've been rebuilding for like the past 15 years anyway. But Bradley Beal will have a chance to win titles if he can move there. Okay, so that's an interesting concept. I really like that. If they look at that, you know, if they look that route, that's a guy they should look at. There's no way they're going to get him straight up for Ben Simmons because there's no way Washington wants Ben Simmons. But maybe you can include some other teams. Maybe you can include a team that likes developmental players. That likes guys who has a ton of potential. Look at the Miami Heat. Okay. Look at the San Antonio Spurs. Look at the Denver Nuggets. Okay. These are teams that are willing to bring in guys and help develop them and make them better and make them stronger. Michael Porter out in Denver. He has flourished out there because of his coaching. Donovan Mitchell has flourished because of his coaching in Utah. That that's a team that could be a really good opportunity for him. Greg Popovich has continued to pump out superstar, superstar, superstar. Look at Kawhi Leonard, who obviously didn't want to put in hard work anymore and decided to go somewhere else. But that's his latest prodigy. And there's just going to be more and more people come out of, out of there. You know, Miami with Eric Spolstra, that's a team that could take a Ben Simmons and make him a good player later on. You know, maybe it'd take him at least another season, but that's an opportunity out there. You know, so, so there's definitely options out there. There's definitely available moves for them to make, and they don't have to get too much. Bradley Beal, obviously, yes, that's going to be very difficult. I don't think they can pull that off because I don't, I don't think they'll be able to offer enough to get Bradley Beal without hurting their team. Honestly, they need to be able to swap Ben Simmons, get a solid point guard, that can shoot the ball, that can make his free throws, that can make the right passing plays, okay? Take a Rajon Rondo of six years ago. Six years ago, Rajon Rondo, trade him straight up for Ben Simmons, and there, and there you go. It's a lot better because at least Rajon Rondo can hit jumpers. He can hit his free throws, okay? So take a guy like that, okay? Look for a guy like a Tony Parker, okay? Like, a Jason Kidd type, like something like that. Those types of players are guys that you can move around. And and we could come up with tons of scenarios and things at this point. But I mean, if I'm the other thing I'm thinking is look at Damian Lillard out there in Portland. I don't think there's any way they'd have a chance to get him. 
But if there's a way they can do multiple team trades and things like that and get something going, I don't care if you even give up Tobias Harris at that point. You put you put Joel Embiid with a Damian Lillard. I mean, and and there you go. They're they're a championship contending team instantly. But anyway. That's kind of where they're at. Sixers are not going to win in this situation. Either a team's going to come to them, offer them a bunch of crap, and they're going to have to take it, or they're going to have Ben Simmons sitting on the bench, and they're not going to they're not going to have him out there. And now they, they still are lacking because now their talent level has gone down. Okay, because he's great, he's fine in the regular season. You know, he can help you. You know, in the beginning of games in the first quarter, but after that, you know, when it becomes oh, you might have to hit free throws, then you got to worry about him. But we'll move on and we'll talk about Thursday night football. Guys, Thursday night, super excited. Aurora's favorite team from her birthland, the birthland of the Carolinas, which is where Aurora's from, South Carolina. Uh, drove down there to pick her up three years ago. Um, little, little tiny pup at that point with a look like a helmet on her head because she had really dark hair on her head and nowhere else. Um, yeah, she is from Carolinas, and so because of that, she is a huge Carolina Panthers fan. Uh, we need to get her a Carolina Panthers jersey for sure, especially a Christian McCaffrey one. Um, they play the Houston Texans, uh, who are now without their starting quarterback, uh, you know, who they would prefer talent-wise to be their starting quarterback, Deshaun Watson, and now without their backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, who just went on IR. So struggling defense for them. Um you know, their defense is definitely struggling because their offense has put up some points. Defense hasn't been able to stop people, though. So, you know, struggling defense for them, uh, you know, faces uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, which is, if not the most explosive offensive player in the league, you know, definitely up there for sure. Uh, so, anyway, this Texans team, you know, it did come out. They, they were able to beat, you know, the – the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, but the Jaguars looked pretty confident out there against them. They looked pretty confident. Um, and then what happens with Trevor Lawrence? He comes out and throws three picks the very next week. So it, to me, or no, he threw three picks in the first game. I, I can't remember what it was. I have to go back and check that. However, this 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 defense is what's been holding them up. This defense is the thing that's been holding them back because they're giving up too many points. Their offense has been putting points on the board. Now, Davis Mills is going to be starting for them at quarterback. He looked decent in the first week. Um, we'll see what happens with him. After, obviously, he's going to get reps with the ones and things out there. So I think he could look fine for them. And honestly, I would expect him to put decent points on the board. I would expect him to get 13, maybe 15-ish points out there on the board up against Carolina Panthers um, throughout the entire four quarters. Yes, I think they have the ability to do cat to do that. Brandon Cooks is an amazing wide receiver. He's great for them. Um, they have a couple decent tight end options there. They've got a plethora of running backs that have experience out there in the league. Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, David Johnson. You heard of those guys? Yeah, all of them. You know their names because they're all experienced. They know what they're doing. Um, yeah, and so Davis Mills goes out there and can play well on offense. I think they could put up some points. However, they're going up against a solid, solid 
Panthers defense, this is a team that we said on our predictions, uh, that Rora said in her predictions, that this defense was going to be a lights-out defense. Everyone needed to worry about them. They are young, they are hungry, and they are getting after it. And this is exactly what we, pre we predicted going into the season. They were young last year, they were hungry, but they're even hungrier this year. They're mature, and they are ready to go. This could be one of the best, if not the best, defenses in the league by the time the season is over. Uh, so Christian McCaffrey there, Sam Darnold playing well, clearly... We believe that the Carolina Panthers are going to end up taking this game. We think they will win this game by at least 15 points um, because they're just going to put up that many points. I do think that you know the Texans will put up some points. I think they'll get into double digits, but they're definitely not going to hit the 20-point mark, um, and Carolina will just end up outscoring them. Um, their defense is nasty, too. Don't, don't be surprised if Davis Mills goes out there and throws a pick or two up against this defense, and it's nothing against Davis Mills. It's just the fact that this defense is really, really good. Okay, look for Sam Darnum to get settled in the pocket, look really good, not throw a pick this weekend, hopefully. Um but, yeah, that's what we expect for Thursday Night Football. A lot of great matchups going into this weekend. We are excited for week three of the NFL season to get started off with Thursday night. So, um, with that being said, we will go ahead and uh, get things wrapped up here on the podcast. We really appreciate everybody out there listening. Thank you so much for the support. Um, you know, we'll talk about Sunday's matchups and kind of our previews and notes and things like that on Friday on Friday's podcast. But uh, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Please, if you enjoyed the content, like, share, subscribe, uh, you know, send out there to your friends and things to listen to the content. You know, the more listeners we get, the more chances we have to get more treats for Aurora. Um, and that that's what she does this for. Uh, she does it for the treats, guys. Um, and for you listeners out there as well. Of course, she loves for people to take uh take listen to her notes and things like that but thank you guys again so much really appreciate it again like share subscribe you have a facebook email below please reach out with any feedback that you have and uh yeah we will talk to you guys again on friday